Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on the Giants mobile website. We're working on the app. The archive can be found there, even though we're not live on the app. Remember, you want to listen to us live, folks, you got to go to either Giants.com on your laptop or desktop or on your phone. If you go to Giants.com mobile site, you can get us on that as well, even though we're not live on the app. So Paul's just figuring this out, apparently, given the look he's given me. I I thought you just couldn't hear it on the phone, period. No, you can can get it on the mobile. Haven't I made this clear, Pierce, or am I crazy? I have. Okay, good. I don't remember you saying that. If you're on your phone, you can go to Giants.com, and you can listen to the show on your phone on the Giants mobile website. So it might not be working on the app yet. Again, top men are working on this. And uh, then we will... Still be found and heard live on the Giants mobile website. Cool. So the Giants with another uh, fourth quarter comeback victory here, Paulie Dots, in the preseason. Uh, Davis Webb leading a couple touchdown drives late. They get the stop on the Bengals on the final drive with a little ingenuity from Wink Martindale. And uh, they come away from the victory. Not that, you know, the victory is, is the headline here. Uh, the headline, unfortunately, is it on the app, Pearson? We see it on the app. We're on the app. The, the Ark of the Covenant is next. All right, here we go. We're Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Maybe that new podcast theater is going to come sooner than later there, Pearson Butler. Who knows? Uh, so, anyway, uh, unfortunately, Paul, or maybe fortunately, depending how you look at it, uh, the news coming out of the game, we should start with that, is, is on the injury front. Obviously, you know, that building last night went about as quiet as, as it could have gotten about, what, midway through the second quarter, I guess it was, mm-hmm. Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, goes down after a low block uh, in the tackle box at the line of scrimmage. Uh, they bring the card out immediately. Uh, there's a lot of, understandably, a lot of fear as to th- that this could be a really serious long-term injury. Uh, but Brian Dable confirming today in his conference call that it is an MCL, and he, in Brian Dable fashion, he would not give a timetable on the injury, but the various reports that are out there from Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, various beat guys, you're looking at three to four weeks with a shot at game one, which is just under three weeks away. Correct. And you know, John, we always say this, everybody heals differently. Everybody's body uh, reacts differently. Fans don't want to hear but it's wait and see. Really? That's what it is. So if you're thinking about Tennessee for week one, the answer is we will see. And that's the honest answer. There's nobody hiding anything from this. 
It's just a matter of how does Thibodeau come along with this rehab. There is a chance he will play against Tennessee. There is a chance he will not play against Tennessee. It's really that simple. And I, I think it's safe to say, John, knowing the investment they have in him, uh, they will rather err on the side of caution. And if they don't think, you know, if it's really razor thin, if they don't think it's a good idea for him to play against the Titans, they'll rest him that extra week if that's the way the medical people make, want him to go. Make sure he's healthy. And they will that's err it. on the side of caution, and they should err on the side of caution. Without a doubt. Now, uh, so that's, I would say, reasonably good news, given what it looked like when the injury first happened. No doubt. You'd love to have him back for week one for sure, but again, we'll see what happens. Brian Dable again uh, calling it day by day, which is kind of how he refers to all the injuries. So, right. We'll see how that goes. Uh, unfortunately, another Giants rookie uh, is not going to play this year. Uh, Darian Beavers and Paul and I went back. We, we were watching the video today um, a couple hours ago uh, on a contact and a tackle in the middle of the field. His knee basically just buckles underneath him on contact. Uh, well, I think it was a running back, right, that he was trying to tackle mm-hmm. on the play. And you just see his knee kind of like fold in on itself. It was na- nasty-looking injury. Um, and th- that looks like it's going to be a torn ACL, and he's going to be out for the year, which stinks. You know, my, one of my bold predictions a couple weeks ago is that he was going to be the starter in week one. That's not going to be the case now. Uh, and you could talk about that too, but I'll just make the point, Paul, that I thought and he only played 16 snaps, which probably tells me that they maybe have some plans for him. Micah McFadden, only 16 snaps, led the team with five tackles in the game, had a quarterback pressure on an inside blitz, and he has been active in training camp too. Not quite as big as Beavers, physically large, but he is a good downhill physical player that is adept at blitzing, which is what Wink Martindale likes to do. Right, and the way that I described it to some people who were asking me about it this morning was that when you look at the upside for Beavers and the potential for Beavers, and you and I both agreed he would be the sleeper of this rookie class, The truth of the matter is, that's where you feel the pain, the potential and the upside. In terms of immediate impact, uh, they've actually got a few guys who, the way Wink Martindale wants to use his inside linebackers, they can probably fill that job and fill that role. And it's not going to be one job, one guy filling it No, They're going to rotate based on situation, what guys do well, and in what particular place. Now, I happen to know... They were extremely happy, not just with Micah McFadden last night. They were very happy with Tay Crowder. They thought he played exceptionally well last night. Okay, good and, to know. And that's a guy who's going to you know, battle for some of those reps next to Blake Martinez, who, by the way, again, is ramping up, played some snaps yesterday. It was what, 15 snaps, 12 snaps, whatever it was, John. I can check. Take a look at that. Uh, they know what they're getting in Blake. And as long as he's physically able to be mobile and get around, they know what kind of player he is. They know what kind of production they're going to get out of him. Eight snaps. Was it only yeah, eight? He was the first guy off the field. The others, they, they kind of took the guys off the field in waves. They so did. Blake was the first guy off along with Ojolari. He played eight snaps, Ojolari seven. Then the next group of guys that left the field was Adoree Jackson, Dexter Lawrence, and McKinney. They all played 13. Yeah, I thought he was in that other So did I, actually. I'll be honest with you. So did I. Okay, so uh, we know what Blake is, Mm -hmm. and and they're babying him along. And I shouldn't use that word because it makes it sound like uh, a negative connotation. They're ramping him up. And and they know that week one against Tennessee – Blake is going to do what Blake does. So really, it's that other inside linebacker spot, which, as we've said, is going to get reduced snaps anyway. And it's going to get rotated, depending upon matchups. Point being, Beavers' loss 
is more about big picture and upside and potential and special teams yeah. than it is immediate impact to the defense. And I'm not trying to belittle it, but I think that's the reality. I will say this, though. We know Wink likes size at linebacker. We know Wink likes size at linebacker, and he is unique in that way. No one else can match him physically. Big and strong. Yeah, and long. Yeah, no so, doubt. No doubt. Now, if you want somebody who's long? Cam Brown. Sure. Who, by the way, balled out on that special teams hit on a 70s-plus yard return. Oh, we know he's a good special teams player. To stop a touchdown. We know he's a good special teams player. Maybe, maybe this week against the Jets, maybe Cam Brown gets some more linebacker snaps. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. And I will, I will take a step back here, Paul, because I tried to belittle it last week. And I was wrong. The special teams coverage, again, was an issue. Something you harped on last week. And look, if it's like that when we get to the regular season, you get like one big return a game, you're absolutely right. That could cost you games. I think that'll probably correct itself once you get your real core special teamers on those teams on a regular basis. You hope so. You hope so. You don't know. But you can take it away on that front. Well, C.J. Board had a rib injury yesterday. Yep. Uh, he is a guy who plays on both coverage units, uh, both return units. Uh, he is, I think, potentially, again, we don't know for sure if he's going to make the 53, but potentially, if he would make the 53, he would be one of your core special teams guys. Nobody, nobody in the print media bothered to ask Coach Dable about Board's rib injury this morning. Nobody, not a single soul bothered to ask about C.J. Board. Yeah, because if that's a fracture, that could be a month and a half. Four, could be weeks. a very yeah, important blow mm-hmm. to a special teams unit that so far has not done well and badly needs every core guy they can get their hands on for week one. But I will say this, and now opens up a window here for another potential spot on the back end of that wide receiver depth chart, which could be a nice opportunity for a guy like Bachman, who had a big game with Davis Webb. I thought two things jumped out to me, Paul. The stuff that you expect... Knowing how to run good routes, find holes in zones, good chemistry with Davis Webb, good hands. That's to be expected. We've seen that from Alex Bachman. He's been here almost four years now. We've seen him plenty to know what he can do. But what stuck out to me, both scores were on yards after the catch. Elusiveness. Which is something that we haven't seen from him necessarily in games, in preseason action before. The first was on that shallow cross where he mm-hmm. outran guys to the sideline. Mm-hmm. Right in front of me. Right? I'm too bad he didn't run you over. And then the <laughs> second one, when he catches the ball short, breaks a tackle, Very nice. and then runs into the end zone. So if he can combine those skills we know he has, you know, the hands, the route running, you know, that sort of thing. I talked to him post-game on the radio. I'm not sure if you heard that when you are upstairs. Did you I did hear not. That? I did he not said, hear that one. He said, you know, after every game, he'll go and watch tape with Davis Webb, and he goes, the quarterback's yelling at me sometimes because I'm actually watching tape in their quarterback's room, and I kick them out, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I take over the quarterback's room. So he's very mentally into it. He kind of knows what he's doing, but we haven't seen that athleticism to set him apart with like yards after the catch. If he can, if he can add that to his repertoire and the coaches can believe he can do that, that might give him an opportunity here with, you know, some of these wide receiver spots opening on the back end of the roster. What was it 11 for 122? Right? And the two touchdowns? Double just making sure I have the exact numbers yeah, here. Yeah, check for you, check the Docs. numbers exactly. Yes, 11 for 122 on 14 targets, two touchdowns, 11 average, 22 long. And throw David Sills, by the way, 5 for 56, too. Yeah. Came back from injury. He had a nice game also. Now, here's the thing. Yes, Bachman looked like Cooper Cup last night. I get it. The problem is, John, as you said. Narrator, he is not Cooper Cup. 
Correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have not seen that type of elusiveness and yak stuff any other time when he's been here. Right. Is it a one-off or is that something new? I don't know. It was the Bengals' deep, deep depth chart. Third and fourth stringers. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So I want to give Alex Bachman a tip of the cap for his performance and his execution. But I want to be very, very careful about projecting him anywhere. Also, special teams tackle in the game, too. Which is helpful. Yep. Something, though, we also knew he always gives effort yep. on. That's why he's been here. Look, Johnny came into the league, I want to say, in 19 with the Rams at a Wake Forest as a guy who averaged about 14 yards a catch. And I believe the year before he came out, he averaged 17 yards a catch. So he was not exactly an explosive receiver, but did have right. that one year where his catch average was high. But he wasn't necessarily a go-to guy, a big play guy, like some of these other slot guys who pile up huge numbers all the time. That's right. not what he was. And then quickly the Rams got rid of him. He's been on the Giants practice squad, had made a couple cameos last Heck, year. He came over when Shermer was still here. That's how long he's been here. I mean, and same thing with David Sills. Yeah, he's been correct. around for three years. Yeah, and he was let go by the Bills, believe it or not. So, so, yeah. so you look at those guys, you appreciate their persistence. You appreciate this new coaching staff for saying, we think we see enough to at least bring you to camp and to give you a chance to earn. And look, those are guys that you might consider reliable guys that you would want in the practice squad. So if you have like a deluge of injuries at receiver... Without a doubt. You bring them up, you can plug them in, you feel good about the fact that they'll do their jobs, you know? Now, here's what I will also add. One other caveat here. Somebody called me this morning and said, wow, look at Alex Bachman. They gave him a lot of run yesterday. I said, well, hold on one second now. Think of all the receivers who did not play in the game and guys who were removed from the game. Yeah, I mean, who else? They had to play somebody. Bingo. (laughs) At that point, they were ready to put either Schmelk, Meadow, or Datino into the game to play wide receiver. I mean, especially after C.J. Board got hurt. Who else were they going to turn to? Now, that's not to belittle what happened with Bachman. No, of course not. But don't take his reps, his playing time, or for that matter, his chemistry with Davis Webb, which he seems to have a very good one. He's always had it there in practice. Keelan Doss played 34 snaps. Marcus Kemp played 36. Bachman played 35. Right. So all of those third-string wide receivers played a bunch of snaps. Those are the guys at the back end of the depth chart who were healthy and available in the second half of this game. So don't read anything into that. Agreed. Okay. Um, I, do you take anything out of this? And then I want to make sure we get to your to calls here coming up here at 201-939-4513. A couple of things to touch on first. Um, on my radio pregame interview with Dable, I asked him about Colin Johnson, back end of the wide receiver depth chart, and he corrected me, and he goes, well, it's not just the back end of the depth chart. Can these guys compete for playing time? And I asked you and Lance about it off the air. So I'm like, do you think that's coaches speak? Is he like, you know, can these guys really break into the starting lineup? And then he did the same thing on the media call today. Mm-hmm. Went out of his way to say, well, these guys aren't just competing for roster spots. They're, his quote, they're competing for playing time. Yes, he did say that. He would add, wasn't asked that. He went out of his way to he bring did. that up. And that's the second, because he did it with me too on the pregame interview, which is why I'm bringing it up here. Can we see a guy like Colin Johnson who has just earned more snaps with the first team in practice? And that's been something consistent. Brian Dable has said to us that guys, and he said it to the media publicly, that guys will play more with the first team because they earn it because they're playing well. Can some of these guys, Paul, play their way into legit rotation spots where they're getting 20 to 25 snaps a game 
even though maybe right now they're not considered, oh, this guy's a starter, this guy's a starter. Can these guys earn their way into like real regular season, legitimate rotational snaps where you're getting 20 to 30 snaps a game as a wide receiver? I don't think that's out of the question, but you have to answer another question first, and that is, uh, are you believing in the reliability or not reliability of Kadarius Toney? Well, the question that's is... That's a big part of it. If healthy, okay, that's fair. If those guys are banged up and, then and you have to rotate, that's fine. Darius Slayton is the other guy you have to consider. What happens Correct. to him? And Richie James is probably in that mix too, right? I would agree with that. Um, my question then would be, let's assume... Um, let's just play my hypothetical out, okay? You love my hypotheticals. They're the best. So let's They just annoy me is what they do. Tony Galladay and Wandell. You're assuming that we're assuming they're the top three wide receivers. Okay, chart, right? Fair. Let's assume both of them have been practicing full for two weeks leading up to the opener. None of them are questionable or probable. They're not on the injury list. They're good to go. How many snaps do you think the fourth wide receiver will get? You can be percentage or number, however you want to handle it, in that first game if those three main wide receivers are healthy. Approximately a sixth. Six. So let's say there's 80 offensive snaps, mm-hmm. give or take, right? So you're, so you're looking at like 10. I think that's a fair number. So I think that that's the question. If it's 10, then to me, that's not legitimate rotational snaps. That's give these guys a breather snaps. But if they're starting to get 20 to 30, that's legitimate rotational right. snaps. And that's, I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I think that's fair. And, and again... We've been also touting this now for weeks on the program. Uh, it's going to be a matchup situation. Right. I mean, look, Colin Johnson is very different than Alex Bachman if he makes the team. He's very different than Richie James if Richie James makes the team. These guys have different skill sets. Now, I did think there was a very smart question that was asked by one of the writers today. doesn't happen often, but it did happen today. When they asked— You just can't help yourself. I mean, so the wide receiver room, right? He was asked about the wide receiver room. And the question was, are you keeping the best five, six, or seven wide receivers? Or are you keeping a certain mixture of guys? You know my analogy. I want my wide receivers to be like a basketball team. That's how I want to make my wide receiver room. So you favor my theory about having you want different, different types, absolutely different types. Yeah, you want a basketball, you want a basketball team, right? Big guys, small guys, quick guys, long right. guys, fast guys. Because in today's yeah. NBA, there's a lot of correct <laughs> kind of middle of the road, yeah, correct. multifunctional guys. Yes, but but you do have some small guys and some big guys. You yes. do. So and and that's how I favor my wide receiver. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, that's why I'm constantly screaming about you got to have a skyscraper. You can't have a bunch of Smurfs. Well, you know. Dable said he just wants to pick the best wide receivers to fill that room. He did not at all subscribe, or at least he didn't didn't give any sense that he was subscribing to a room that has a mix and match of different styles and skills. Which is Although, funny because I know Galladay's going to be in there. I asked Mike Grow that question the other day. At you the did. Coach media availability. What did he say? He said, "Yeah, I want a basketball team with the guys with a bunch of different skills." Did he? <laughs> yes, he did. He actually used he actually used my phrasing okay. and analogy before I even used it to him. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> I don't know how to translate that. Well, well, well Micro's not making the roster. That's true. He's not. It's not his decision. He's not. That's a great point. He's not making the roster. Um, so, and, and to be frank, 
like I said, we know Galladay's on this team. And by the way, I would— So you will have a skyscraper on this roster. And by the way, to Dable's point, I would like to have a basketball team full of receivers, but if there's a 6'1 guy or a 6-foot guy that's significantly better than my 6'5 guy, I'm not keeping the 6'5 guy just for the sake of keeping a 6'5 guy. Understood. I'm keeping the better player. But if all things are equal— I'll take the guy with a little bit of a very skill set. Well, the problem is over the course of the and, last... I, and I think that's what Mike Groh meant. He's not like, oh, right. yeah, well, I'm, I want to keep a big guy no matter what. I think his point is that, yeah, in an ideal world, I want my best guys to not just also be the best guys, but to also be guys that bring different skill sets to the table. Now, there anyway. are coaches and there are teams that would be very happy just filling up that room with one style of guy. Right. I mean, not every team has... Smurfs and skyscrapers mm-hmm. and medium guys. Yep. Some teams just like, you know what? We got a bunch of Smurfs. That's the that's the way they want to go. If you remember the old uh, Houston Oilers when Kevin Gilbride was the offensive coordinator with Warren Moon and the run and shoot. They were all small guys. They didn't have any big guys. How big was he with Jeffries? Wasn't he a little bit bigger? A little bit bigger. How tall was he? A little bit. Let me see. He was now 6'3", 6'4", though. Haywood Jeffries and Webster Slaughter were the two biggest guys on that team. Let me see. Oh, I don't don't think 6'3", 6'4". Haywood Jeffries, 6'2". So he's he's in between. A little bit bigger, but still not not a skyscraper. No, absolutely not. Webster Slaughter, 6'1". And then I think Drew Hill was a small guy, right? I don't think Joe yes. was very big. 5'9". Well, yeah, I was going to say six nine, of tops. Mm-hmm. And then Ernest Gibbons was a small guy, too. Shrimp. And Curtis Duncan, right, was the other guy? No, I think Curtis guy. Duncan also a small guy, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it all depends on what flavors you want. But this room's going to have Galladay. He's the skyscraper. And if they have Colin Johnson, they'll have two skyscrapers. Okay? Fine. I mean, I don't see room for three, though. And I kind of think Sills kind of I would be surprised gets a little close. I don't think he can make it. I, can't, I would be surprised if Galladay, Johnson, and Sills were all. I don't on. see it. I think it would be really tough to do that. I don't, yeah, I don't see it. I agree with you. All right. Uh, we have a couple more things to say about the game, but I don't want to lose our callers here, Pearson. So let's get to the phones. 201-939-4513. Uh, Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seating starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Our buddy Stoss is in Washington. He's up first. Stoss, what's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, John, let you know, man, it's um, it's up and running on the app. I know. It's it's a miracle. We're back. We're back. Yeah, you're back and, you're back and running. So, you know, man, I look at last night's game, and I took a lot of positives out of it. You know, injuries aside, I know that the, the Giants, were, you know, weren't going up against uh, the Bengals' runs. But what I look at is what the team is doing. I'm looking at my team, and I'm, I'm trying to judge individual sets. I think Jones played a very solid game. Uh, the pass, the, the pass specifically that made me feel the, the the best was he had pressure in one of these one of his plays. He had pressure come right up in his face, and he delivered a strike to Sills, took the hit, and just hung in there. And pressure is pressure, you know. If it was a starter or a backup, that guy was in his face. Yeah, and sure. He reacted, yeah, and I felt like he reacted accordingly, and that made me feel good about it. Um, well, I remember two stars. Him uh, and him and David Sills probably more than any other wide receiver on the roster. They've worked together a lot. 
especially in the offseason a couple years ago when Sills basically traveled around and they were like the quarterback receiver like traveling duo. So they're going to have pretty right. good chemistry on those type of back shoulder timing catches. So I, I think that's why you probably feel pretty good about a play like that. I'm not even talking about the back shoulder, the back shoulder play. That was a great touch ball, but I'm talking about there was another play where Sills was moving left to right um, from Jones, and they had a free rusher come right up, right in Jones' face. He delivered the strike, took the hit, and Sills it was it was a little bit of an adjusted catch on Sills' end, but still, I thought it was a good ball, and um, I, I felt good about that, and I liked that he was using his progression. Um, big props to the offensive line coach to take this makeshift stitch together line and and they you know I thought they they performed very well. I'll say um, this too, Stas. I thought the offensive game plan was very good to take a lot of pressure off of that offensive line. There was a ton of RPOs, ton of quick game, mm-hmm. ton of play action, and that's and that's that's good game planning. That that's how you do it. Yeah, and he had that. He ran that. There was a few. There was a play that they ran a few times that I really liked. It was a quick RPO slant pass. Yep. That uh, got us a first down a couple of times. I really like that. Um, the only thing I got to say is you know I. I hate cut blocks, man. I know they're legal. Um, I don't think they should be. Um, well, they're only they're they're, they're, on, they're only legal inside the tackle box. Right inside the tackle mm-hmm. box, and and it's, and they only can be run person on you. You can't be correct. You can't be being blocked and get shot blocked. Yep, that's I right. I don't think they should be legal. I don't think they should be legal at all, personally. But Sibs needs to know not to stop his feet at the same time, like. You know, it, it, you got to protect yourself because um, you never know when a play like that's going to happen. But I'm glad that he's going to be okay, and it's a it's a minor injury. Um, but I'm really sad about Beavers. I've been so high on him all camp. I really thought he was going to, you know, be a, a a real contributor this year. So you know, I just prayers to him and his family, and I hope he gets well soon. And you know, guys, thanks for all the content. We're nearing the season, and um, you guys did a great job once again getting us through a very rough and off season, so appreciate it. Well, thank you, Stas. It should have been a fun off season, though, man. Like you got changes, bright future ahead. No, it's it, no, it, a fun it, off it, season. Yeah, the, 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 the off season is just one of those things that is like you get these new toys, right? And it's like you're a kid, right? And you got your new toys, <laughs> but, they, but your parents say you can't unwrap them. You can't take them out the box. <laughs> so you're just staring at all your new toys, but you can't play with them. So now we no, get fair. to finally play with them. <laughs> no, I appreciate that, Stas. Thank you for the call. You know, John, and I, I can't wait for the season to start. By the way, Let, yeah. let's get some. I get you. Going I get here. you. Let's go. Uh, I want to just commend the skill position guys for finishing the plays for the quarterbacks last night. Daniel Jones was outstanding. Davis Webb was outstanding. Tyrod Taylor played well. Uh, that's what happens when your targets, your receivers, finish off the plays on the other end of the passes. Other than Bellinger, who absolutely inexplicably. Let that pass go right off his fingertips to get intercepted. That and Dayball said right away, "Got to mm-hmm. catch that ball." Okay. Other than I, that, I didn't play, think it was like a super easy catch, but it but it was a catch he should have made. You're a pro; you got to do no, it. No, I understand. I don't disagree. Um, and by the way, I did think that belly of the ball touched the ground. It was very close. I I talked to somebody that's an officiating, and the indication was whatever was on the field would have stood. There was not enough. Not conclusive. So they called inconclusive. It, if they called it incomplete on the field, they would have gone. It would have stayed incomplete. Inconclusive. On the field. That's okay. So, um, in any event, uh, this is what happens. You know, you get an offense that moves, that's fluid, and is really fun to watch when your skill position guys finish off the plays on the other end of the throw. Yeah, Keelan Doss had one of those, and Sills had one of those. That were really nice plays. So did Johnson. Yeah, the one on the tip. The one on the tip. It's funny, and I will say this: yes, that 
interception on Jones was not on him. Bellinger should have caught it. Jones very fortunate that ball went through the defender's hands and then got to college. You know Johnson what? I, you know what I thought about that, and I think I mentioned it to you. I was on the sideline. I think I called it up to you on the mic. That's one of those plays where Jones tried to thread the needle and force a very difficult throw, and I think that's what Dable's talking about when he says sometimes, "I want you to just let it rip." He let that rip into a very tight spot. Yeah, I thought the cornerback too, Paul, made a really nice play. It's almost very nice. It's play. almost like he set him up where. There actually was like a yard and a half of separation. Yeah. And then when Jones threw it, you saw the corner. And we saw Trayvon Diggs do this a lot last year for Dallas, right? Where he's kind of like yes. a yard and a half behind yes. him. As the pass gets thrown, he boom, accelerates. There's and he a quick close by the DB. Correct. And so I think that's the kind of play that Dable's talking about, where he wants Jones occasionally, this is the time to do it, Try to zip it in, let it rip, see if you can thread the needle, give your guy a chance to catch the ball. Mm -hmm. And he gave Johnson a chance on what became a contested 50-50 ball. Yeah, I mean... It really did, I'm as even, it turned out. I'm not even sure I would call that a 50-50 ball because the DB was in front of the receiver. It's not like they were, they jumped together and they both got their hands on the ball, went through the defensive back, and then got to the wideout. You know what I mean? Johnson probably could have done a better job of shielding him with his body, maybe. Well, Johnson was going away from but away from the quarterback. The way, That's why. He was kind of going diagonally away. So If he had been more him. horizontal, Correct. he would have been better to yes, do that. absolutely. If, if, if he would have flattened out the route a And I don't know more. what the route... Neither do I. Needed to be. That could have been an inexperienced situation right, yeah, maybe, with the receiver. And, and that could be another thing, right? Then it's not on Daniel at all, where if that was supposed to be a flattened route across right. the field, then it's a lot tougher for that DB to, to cut in front of Johnson. And no doubt about it. Running more of a, I guess you would call it like a flag or like a flag type of route or a little it post was, whatever. Was, uh, he shaved it. He shaved it to the deep part Correct, as opposed yes. to the shallow part. Correct. Uh, so this is all what we talk about all the time. The smartest people know what they don't know. It's there's details. part yeah, there's know. part of this onion that we can't get to. But what I will say was it the throw had a lot of zip on it. Oh, yeah. He did give his guy a chance to make a play. And it wasn't behind Johnson really. No. I don't think. No. no. Uh, I don't the think DB so, just made a hell yeah. of a play and almost stole it. And you know what? If he does, you tip your cap to him. But Johnson was able to finish the play. Yep. And that's what you want your guys to do. All right, let's go to Donnie in Queens. He wants to talk about some of the play calling, what we referenced earlier. Donnie, what's going on? Yeah, hey, guys. Um, good afternoon. Um, and I did want to also kind of just touch on the Dable comment. You guys pretty much covered it. Uh, so just quickly on that, you know, I've been to – I went to the game last night. I've been to uh, camp three times this year. If you took the numbers off – not, I don't think anybody can honestly say that Kenny Gallaudet looks like a better football player than Colin Johnson this summer, at least in the limited times I've been able to see them. So I hope that Dable follows through with that, and it is not coach speak. I think to your point that he said it twice, it, it, it probably is something real, so we'll see what happens there. In terms of the play calling, I love the philosophy, um, and I'm hoping it's something that trends into the season. A lot of like second and threes, second and twos, they're passing and attempting to push the ball a little bit further down the field as opposed to just trying to get the first down. Like it felt like last year they were trying to get 10 yards every three plays. It does feel like Agreed. they're making a more conservative effort to be 
a little bit more aggressive when the numbers are in their favor. Yeah, I'll say this too, I'm Donnie. Their, their, their longest third down with the first team yesterday was, was third and five. They didn't have one play longer than third right. and five to your point. Right. I can't give you a stat on this because I haven't kept it. It would require quite a tedious amount of, of work beyond what I usually do. But, John, I think you would agree with me, just in a casual observation, the Giants receivers seem to have a much better awareness of the sticks in these two preseason games than they have in previous regimes. Yeah, I think to Donnie's point, I think there's just a lot on early downs, there's much more design to get the ball beyond the sticks. I think that's As true. opposed to relying on getting the ball out and getting yak yardage from the targets and saying, you guys got to go get yak to get that first down. No, this time the ball is getting to the sticks. So I will say this too. There were a ton of dump offs to running backs in this game too. And there was probably like 10 and, of them. And that was by design though, because Dable said yep. he wanted to get away from a lot of the running plays, right. understanding the combo blocks and stuff with these right. young uh, offensive mm-hmm. linemen would have been suicide. And the Bengals, we did play a lot of deeper, softer zones yes. too. So those little passes to the running backs were That's the only reason hey, I, by the way, caller, that's the only reason I don't want to get too carried away with the play calling. I appreciate sure, some right. of the flavor we're talking about. But this particular situation lent itself to a lot of different characteristics. Go ahead, Donnie. You know, even when you push your receivers down the field, that actually helps the running backs, right? Because anybody yeah, sure. has to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up. I got a question for Paul, who I say is like the Ask Jeeves version of the New York Giants. Kind of, he's been he's been doing it so long. <laughs> Paul's got it. So I'm curious. Because, you know, the expectations in the win-loss column are not high this year by most accounts. So what is a year, Paul, where you were probably the most wrong about the team, where you weren't expecting a good season, and they wound up having a great year? And I'll, I'll hang up and listen and talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Donnie. Wow. Uh, I've had years where I thought the team badly underachieved. But to say that there was a team that I thought was not going to be very good, and that turned out to be very good. How the about, inverse. How about 2016? I guess. Be the closest guess. thing to it, right? Probably. In the years I've been here, I mean, there probably haven't, haven't that many overachieving years, unfortunately. That's and but. that's the point. <laughs> no, that's really the point. I mean, like, but then you go back to like 08, 09, 010. Like your expectations are high in those years, so it's not like you think they're going to be. No, good. no. So the, the only year that I could think of in my time carrying, covering the team where it could even qualify is 2016. You go back much further. How about like in the 80s or 90s? Any year where, you know, you're usually on, you're more on the optimistic side heading into these years. So it's probably a little well, bit Well, yeah, because when, when I look at a, at a season, what I try to do is put myself in the coaches or the GM's mindset and say, okay, look, if, if they've got these guys and these guys are functional and they perform at an adequate level – What's the realistic expectation of what you can get out of them? I don't look at it with, you know, the glass half empty thing automatically saying, well, how bad could this team be? I never look at it that way. I look at it the other way because you want to be optimistic that the players will be healthy and that they'll perform to the level that they're expected to. So it's... You know, from that perspective, John, probably six. I think that might be right because I, I will say this. I don't think we expected much better than 500 that year, right? If I, I, I have to go back and look, but I don't remember us projecting much better than 500. I, I want to say we were probably hopeful they could scratch out a wild card at best. I don't think we expected 11 wins. No. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 
That was eleven and five that year. Yeah, 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 we won eleven. The team won eleven games that year. We watched were, them do eleven. Were there high expectations in two thousand? The two thousand season. Good, good, good question, Pearson. Were there high expectations? I don't remember back then. I was like eighteen. I don't quite remember. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say high, but. The mediocrity of the league that year. I remember talking to Vinny Detrani of the of the record. I remember saying to Vinny, I said, Sage, you know, this this is gonna be a playoff team. And he's like, ah, he goes, I don't think the team's that good. I said, but look at the rest of the conference. Everybody was so enamored with the Minnesota Vikings, who had absolutely nothing on defense. They were strictly an offensive team. And I remember telling Vinny, I don't think there's any reason why the Giants can't be a playoff team in 2000 yeah. and maybe go two rounds yeah. at least. I don't think you thought 12-4, and four, though, probably, right? But right. look at their schedule. Look who okay. they played and, and the mediocrity of the league. Because they only had gone 8-8 eight and 7-9 eight and seven and nine the previous two years. 7-9 and nine the year before that. So a 5-1 jump is, is significant. Yeah, but again, I will tell you this. There was about a month to go in the season, and I told Vinny, I said, you know what? And and this is now into the season, not before the season. I said to Vinny, you know what? This team has a chance to go to Super Bowl. I actually told him that with a month to go in the season. I, I believe I, You don't have to tell you. You thinking the Giants team can go far in the playoffs? Well, I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> but I mean. I believe you. You know, Kerry Collins no, and Tiki and, and uh, uh, you know, Ron Dane. Mm-hmm. They were getting it done, man. And they finished that season strong. They won, what is that, seven of eight to close out that year. And and I, t- I was telling Sage during that run, I said, look, Vinny, this, you can't tell me they can't they can't go somewhere in this conference. Jim Fossil is dramatic. Put all the cards in the table when you're seven and four and you have the Cardinals the next week. Right. Very brave of you, coach. <laughs> well, but the but the conference no, was very I'm mediocre. I know, I know. You guys laugh at me when I talk about the, the quicksand and mediocrity, but that's that's what you get. I got you. 201-939-4513. Giant season tickets are on sale now for 2022. Ticket savings, membership benefits. They include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Cliff in New York. He's been holding the longest. Cliff, what's up? How you doing, guys? Um... Listen, uh, that 2000 team, I, I didn't really feel really great about. I remember uh, uh, there were a lot of questions about the offensive line, and uh, I, that's what I remember about that. I, I just didn't feel that great. I was surprised we did as well. Well, they made the like two team. or three big free agent additions on the offensive line that year, They right? signed Brown, Dusty Ziegler, right? Lomas Brown, and Glenn Parker. Yeah. They made three significant changes on the offensive line and immediately it gelled, and they played well. See, I was, I was a Kerry Collins guy. I, I yeah. liked Kerry Collins a lot, and I believed oh, in him. I did too. Big, big arm, tall quarterback. That's right up Paul Dottino's alley. Pocket passer, John. That's right up your alley, Pocket man. passer who well, could let it rip. You might as well create that guy in a laboratory for you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, he had an inspiring story, too. He was, he was, he was, no doubt. He was really good. Yep. But uh, last, yesterday, um, you know, I was anxious to try to see what I could see in the replay of the rushing touchdown, and, and what, I, what I took out of it was Devery Hamilton. I mean, it looked like he moved their, the left side of their defensive line all the way to the sideline. There was, there, there, was, there was a pretty big hole there. I mean, I said, who is 62? And it was him. And, and uh, I was impressed. And uh, I, I didn't think about the play calling, but uh, I was feeling good about the fact that we were doing as well as we were with what amounts to what is our depth on the offensive line. Do you have a copy of the game right now that you could go back if I ask you to look at something that you could do it? No, I, I couldn't know. Okay, I would. I, I would say to those of you who do, 
Watch what Mabetica did when he came into the game he in is, the second he half. He had issues in pass pro. He did, oh. but he fought. Oh, that's he great. Fought. But he fought. He had issues in pass pro. No, no, I understand yeah. that. But but he showed a lot of fight mm-hmm. and a lot of gumption, and he scrapped. And for a guy who's had such little experience, look, he's a, he's going to be a practice squad long term. No question, yeah, no question. Yeah. But but there's a guy at the back end who I said to myself with such little experience to be able to be functional. Absolutely, that made me feel good for him. And and to close point, we didn't really bring up the offensive line for them to play as well as they did. Look, they weren't they didn't look like the you know. You know uh, the 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 Broncos' offensive line when they had Terrell Davis or the Cowboys' offensive line from the nineties. And they went against subpar competition. That's okay, but but look, they were functional. All right, yeah. It wasn't the it's not like the offense couldn't function, which is all you ask for when you have that group that banged. I'll up. say this: these backups are a hell of a lot better than any offensive line backups the Giants have had in years. Well, I'll say this: do you know what makes me feel good about it? It shows that. And again, maybe this is going to just be a preseason thing and it's not going to carry over. I don't like to make too much of the preseason. Right. But that the coaches can pull that off, even in a preseason mm-hmm. game, when you're missing that many guys mm-hmm. and you can still game plan and use yep. these guys in a way that they're functional, it makes me feel better about Bobby Johnson, Tony Sprano Jr., Brian yep. Dable, Mike Kafka, that they can work around that many injuries in an important spot and still look functional so that to me was right no doubt no anybody uh when anybody was watching alex bachman do do his thing i I was on the radio that did anybody mention cole beasley because that's who he reminded me of yeah i mean he's a he's a small slot wide receiver had his other it looked like maybe they west welker julian hellerman there's a whole bunch of those guys yeah yeah but but uh Maybe maybe they finally gave him some plays that were suited for him because I mean in nah, past three I mean, seasons. I mean they've always used Alice Bachman the same way. When Bachman guy. first got here, and by the way, remember where did Cole Beasley get a start? Yeah, <laughs> Dallas. You know who ran that offense? Jason Garrett. You know who the Giants' offensive coordinators with Bachman the last two years. All right, Jason Garrett. So. I know. When Bachman first got here, he kind of reminded me a lot of Phil McConkey. But the thing about it was, as John said... Can we get a comparison to a non-white wide receiver, please? We thought out like eight of them. Sorry. I know, I'm just joking. But, but the point was... <laughs> no, the point was, McCocky was not big with elusiveness or yards after the catch or anything of that nature either. Right, and like yeah. you 100%. said at the beginning of the program, mm-hmm. Bachman never showed that to us before. Right. This was new. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So I was thinking more of the Beasley that was with Buffalo. But, uh, yeah, but I hated it when he, he used to kill us with Dallas. I mean, I mean, same guy. Same guy, just a different offense. I mean, same deal. Well, anyway, I'm, uh, are you concerned that Galladay has, like, how many snaps in his entire career with, with Daniel Jones in a, in a game against other people? I am. No, he had plenty I mean, of snaps. He, had, he played, like, six or seven full games with Daniel last year. Did he really? I was looking at a replay of uh, the, the New Orleans game, and he looked good, but I didn't remember him connecting that much. Did well, he really? No, no, no. You didn't say connecting. You said snaps together. Right. They played six or seven right. full games together during the well, I, meant, I should have said targets. I meant okay. targets. Right. That's fair. That's a different question. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because there were games. I thought Galladay's uh, games played stat was misleading last year because um, the network announcers would say at the beginning of the game, we don't know if Galladay is playing, you know, and then – he would play, but he wouldn't do much, and he realized he probably was like a very questionable guy to have on the field, you know, in terms of his health. And so uh, I, I don't know how many targets he's ever had. And I started thinking, you know, recently, I mean, if we, you said uh, you'd be surprised if we went in with all three of the skyscrapers, 
uh, what if he's the odd man out because they get something for him? I mean, it really seems like a possibility. Not with his salary, it's not. Nope. Impossible. Nope. He's okay. in the room. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I'd like to see him do something. I think he's a good player. Well, let, let's put it this way. Thanks yeah, for the call. We appreciate it. Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, they don't grow on trees. He obviously has the skills in him. Now he just needs to perform like a number one receiver should. It's really very simple. No question. I'll throw out some of the comparisons for you. How about we got we got Randall? I'll throw Rand, how about Randall Cobb, Cedric Wilson? Yeah. Throwing out some other slot wide sure. receivers for you that work. Sure. Just want to throw out a couple names for you. That's it. Just so we're not people are like, okay. well, why are you guys only doing that for? Um, I fa- understand. Farrow Cooper from the Rams back in the day. You want to throw a little Farrow Cooper? Had a had out a there? cameo with the Giants. Bruce Ellington slot for the for the Texans. Okay. J- Jamison Crowder. Let's go back to the phones and say, what's up, Paul? You asked for him yesterday and he called. He's coach Marvin in Delaware. What's up? Hey, how you guys doing? John and Paul. We're good. Coach. Now that the season's here, you got to call more often. Yeah, I try to get in. A call and I've been listening though a lot of times I listen to the recording after y'all already had finished the show uh, but I didn't hear that John that Paul called for me yesterday I must have missed oh that. no it wasn't on the air it was off the air he goes you know John who hasn't called in a while and he's one of my favorite callers Coach Marvin and I said well Coach Marvin's more of a regular season caller Paul not an off season caller that's right and lo and behold here you are yeah I uh, kind of like took a seat back and uh, trying to watch these coaching staff to see what's going on rather than jumping on the bandwagon and sometimes people, oh the coach is great he's this and we haven't seen anything yet but the uh, one thing I do like is these guys are go ahead coach I'm sorry no go ahead coach I'm sorry these guys are really creative and that's what I like about the offense they're really creative um, they're creating guys to get open up a bit which is a good thing for this team so. I, I do like that. Uh, Coach, let me ask you about Wick Martindale's final play. Brian Baldinger highlighted it on Twitter this morning. Did you stay up to watch the end of the game? I did, no, I didn't see the end of the game. Okay. Um, I, the, do see, I do follow uh, um, Bryant. Um, I met him um, this past summer, so I do follow him. All right, Baldy, Baldy highlighted the last play. And, John, I don't know if you uh, saw it, too. In fact, I wrote, it's not up there yet. You still have to proof it. But right. on, on my game recap, it's going to be my last bullet point. So, yes, I did Yeah, a it. very mm-hmm. interesting play. And Coach was asked about it by the writers earlier today. Where A second astute question, you might say. Yeah, I think so. There we go. See, now so, we're somewhere. And so the Bengals, <laughs> you know, just were looking for maybe five yards on their final offensive snap to get the potential game-tying uh, game field goal attempt. And so what Wink did, instead of having any uh, a regular kind of umbrella formation, he just decided he was going to take two players and stick one of them all the way out to each sideline so that oh, they could you- guard the sideline and basically yeah. left gaping holes in the defense but said, I'm putting one guy all the way out at that sideline, one guy all the way at the other sideline, and they are going to attack any short pass that tries to get a guy out of bounds. And Tamon Fox right. came up and just drilled the receiver. Yeah. What did he get, a one-yard gain? And it was a forced fumble, right, John? Yeah, I think so. And Brian Baldinger just- highlighted this on Twitter, showing it, saying 
This is a brilliant play because it's situational football. You're guaranteeing the guy's not going to get out of bounds because you're already guarding the end line, so you've got leverage to prevent the guy from getting out. And if he if he catches the ball and tries to run forward, the clock is going to run out, so they're not going to be able to get the field goal. It yeah, was it was really cool. No, it was smart. Look, he knew the only yeah, way was, the only way they could get another playoff is by getting the ball out of bounds quickly. So he put guys literally right. in the exact spots where you can uh, get out of bounds quickly. Yeah. It was great. Because they had no timeout. So if they yep. catch it in the middle of the field, they don't have enough time. Right. But it was the way it was designed, the way they designed it, he threw me off watching. I did watch the end of that. I saw the last uh, 40-something seconds. He threw me off because I didn't know where he came from. I never saw the back. <laughs> no, he came he, from the no, sideline. Coach Marvin, I, I don't think. came off the it looked like it looked like, the, literally, Coach Marvin, he lined up three yards off the line of scrimmage with his heels on the sideline. Right. I don't think okay. the Bengals even knew he was there Probably when they not. ran their play, Probably to be honest not. with you. Probably not. John, John, that had to be the reason. Because no, I did not see this guy standing no, there. No, neither did I. And he nowhere. A brilliant, brilliant call. That's why I say... They're very creative, this staff. I don't know how well they're going to do. I'll wait till the season. I'm not going to give them a lot of uh, credit yet. But they have been very creative this preseason, and uh, that's um, promising. And I know I don't have a lot of time, but I just wanted to say that uh, I did like the running backs, uh, Corbin and Williams, the way they've been um, playing together. I think they've been playing very well. Um, Daniel Jones, real quick, I wanted to say, I said this a, a couple of years ago. We know who Daniels is. It's how do we want to play with him? And th- this past week um, on the Sunday's game, if you were, if that game, he played so well. He was going through his progressions in that game, and he was doing a really good job at doing that and finding the open guy. So my thing is, if you keep him clean, you, you'll be able to keep, um, play with Daniels. If you don't, I don't know if he's going to stay in town long because they have to protect him if they want him to perform. He's not hes not Mahomes and all these guys where he can get out the pocket and create on his own. He's not going to do that. He's got to be in the pocket, and you have to keep him clean. And if you keep him clean, you will get a performance out of him. And, and I thought he played uh, really well. And my last kudos goes out to Colin Johnson. I know who Colin Johnson was from a hole in the wall, and um, I'm impressed with him, and I'd like to see him play a little more. Thank you, Coach. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Yep. Look, both of us, I think, right now would be fall on our rear end, shocked if Colin Johnson's not on the final 53. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I will go as far to say that I'd be shocked if Antonio Williams doesn't make it. I have a more pertinent question for you. If Braid is not back for the third preseason game, could that be a cap-saving situation? Wow. Wow. Well... You got to answer me this: Is Brightwell back by then? 
Uh, let's say yes. Am I... Anything to make it more difficult on you to come up. And that does answer. make it more oh, difficult. Of course it does. That's why I said yes. See, if Brightwell's not back, maybe Correct. that's Correct. not such a hard Correct. question. Yeah, because I don't think you can keep Corbin over him. Corbin, to me, is practice squad. And I like Corbin, too. I, I like Corbin, too, but he's I'll PS. What, he's PS if for he, me. If he shows out in the third preseason game, that that he could get claimed. It's not impossible. And if he does, he does. No, I know. I understand. You know. And look, I, I like Breda. I think he was a good signing. So I think do I. a really good backup running back. But so do I. Antonio Williams has been impressive. Antonio Williams to me is on this team, and the team is so. And the only reason I bring it up because the team is so short on on you know money to be have maneuverability during the regular season. I know, and they might be looking for areas to to find. And let's more. not forget, you know, Williams has provided something on specials. Yes, and again, I like Breda. I think he's good. I know the front so office likes him too, and I think you know. But I'm just throwing out a hypothetical that has no basis in what anybody anything is talking. Mm, I yeah, I, I I don't know, John. That's a good question, and and to be honest with you too. Um, again, I think I think Brightwell has to factor into that equation. You need to, you need to figure out exactly any chance they keep four. The only way they keep four, and Brightwell will be the fourth as a special team. The only way they keep four is because they go to that philosophy about keeping two, three guys at the bottom of the depth chart. It would who almost are strictly it would specials. Almost be guys. a coincidence that it's a running back, right? He's on there more, right? For it's got to be those. Gotcha. Specialty guys, we need the gurus back there, and it just happens to be a running back. We have a trade here. The Bills have acquired a 2023 fifth-round pick from the Cardinals in exchange for Cody Ford. The lineman? Yes. Drafted as a tackle, now I think he's more yeah. of a guard. Yeah, he, is, uh, he has had some troubles up there. Been very, very inconsistent. Yeah, that's one of the draft picks that, that has not that, that, that they had up there that did not work out. He was second-round pick at Correct. 2020, I think, 2019, one of those uh, two years. Three or four years ago. Yeah, 2019 maybe. And has just never panned out. Well, I wonder if that's, uh, we'll see, is that competition for Will Hernandez down there? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know how Will's doing. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I'm just, I just know he's the guard for them, and they just traded for another one, so I figured I'd at least throw it out there. I'll say this. I'll ask you a question now real quick. Sure. I don't know. Do you have any calls on the line? Uh, only Charlie, so we can wait. All right, real fast. Uh, no, it's a go slow. Going, <laughs> going into the final preseason game, and it's a little premature, but give me the three positions that you'd be looking at carefully on the waiver wire. Because I think there are three that you really, really are going to study that Ray Roy Offensive for. tackle. Cornerback. Mm-hmm. I got one more. Inside linebacker. I'm looking more tight end. Third tight safety. End. Oh, tight end's a good one, Pearson. I'm looking more tight end. I would think third safety, too. I think you're looking third safety. Because you might have a veteran safety get cut loose. But, yeah, I think tight end's a good one, If too. you want to go defensive back to be generic, I'll let you save... I'll okay. let you save a position there and go eh, defensive that's back. That's cheating, but... No, but look, tight end, I agree. I think, I, I think they, they need to start looking for Especially one. Especially if we don't see Ricky Seals-Jones back on the field like this week. And I just don't know. Oh, I have no idea. No idea what his timetable is. And, you know, right now, I think we all agree Bellinger, by default, is the starter week one at this moment. Yeah, you're just looking for experience at this point. But if you can yeah. find an experienced guy who has something on his resume, yeah. you might mm-hmm. want to think about it. I think that's a good point. I don't disagree with any of that. Okay. You got to do it. <laughs> He's on the phone. What, you mean do this read? Don't miss your chance to experience <laughs> a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2022. As a Giant Suite partner, limited full-season locations are available. Or place a deposit for individual games. Call 
NYG1925 or visit Giants.com slash sweets for more information. Charlie, can you call a show when I'm not on one of these weeks? I get I feel like I get every one of your calls. Hello. Lance hey, has been begging to hear from you. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. But the problem is he calls up Lance. Lance never puts him on. He just lets him stay and hold the whole show. Hey, because I know I'm your favorite caller, and I'm Paul's second favorite caller. So that's, that's, a, that's a good reason. Hey, I, hey a shout-out. I see your analysis, Charlie, of of the host preferences is just as on point as your analysis of the New York football Giants. Right right on. You're right on there. I got to shout out to Stash. He's one of my spacemen. Hey, and I invite you guys onto my space. Uh Uh-huh. Come on, you can come on my space, and uh, if you oh, dare. Oh, by the way, it's Charles, a real good conversation. Yeah, what? every Saturday and Sunday, a Saturday <laughs> afternoon at twelve o'clock, I get a text, I get a DM from Charlie. Join my space to talk Giants. I'm sitting there like playing, like making a puzzle with my five year old, like on my one day off of the week. Charlie, I love you. There is not a chance in hell I'm joining your Twitter space on a Saturday afternoon on my day off. So you can keep sending them in. It ain't happening. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. That's all right. I understand you. your family's first and I'm second. I, I understand that. <laughs> you can go. I think you could go a little further down the list, Charlie, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, look, <clears throat> let me say this. Um, I thought that patchwork offensive line did damn well. And I tell you, that guy, Holder, who never played center Holden. in his life, Correct. What's his name? Wasn't it Holden? Holden, yeah. Holden, Holden. Yeah. He was close. Only one yeah. letter away. And uh, Kyle Banks was kind of crapping on him, but I'm going, look, the guy's doing the best he can, and he's doing pretty damn well. And so by the I, way, I got a shout out to him. You know who legitimately played well, not even grading on a curve? Max Garcia. Well, I was going to say, and Hamilton, I thought, played well too. Yeah. I thought Devery Hamilton played really well. Mm-hmm. I thought both those guys had really nice games. So I'll give those two yeah. guys a lot of credit. Albeit against competition that was less than well, stellar. Str- yeah. At least they were going against second stringers. Better than third or fourth. Right, exactly. Hey, look, and, and Daniel Jones, I give him credit for. Playing, playing well against the JV team, you know. So I, I have to give him credit on that. Wow. Okay. So Charlie um, has said good things about the offensive line and Daniel Jones in his first two points. All right. Let's go for three, Charlie. Let's go. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Look, I think uh, Seals is going to make Sills is going to make the team because Ooh. Sills or Sills? Ricky Seals Jones. No, Sills. Uh, oh, David know, Sills. 13. Yeah, because. Daniel Jones trusts him, and they got a chemistry. Why would you not put him on the team when Jones, you know, has got one somebody that he really, you know, passes, has chemistry with, and makes plays? Well, Troy, I'll say this, too. Jones Jones has had a really nice connection with Colin Johnson in camp, too. They have connected an awful lot. So I I think they have a really nice chemistry, too, to be honest with you. I think what's going to happen is, and we keep forgetting that Sterling Shepard is expected back sometime soon. Yeah, Yeah, but but I think he's starting the season on. So I I agree with that, but he's going to be back sometime soon. So they're going to have to keep a receiver at the beginning who's probably going to get removed some weeks in for Shepard, in all likelihood. Well, assuming everyone else is still healthy. Well, yeah. You never know. Yeah. But yes, correct. I agree with you. And to be frank with you, Charlie... Sills is not going to get claimed by anybody. No, he's been sitting on the practice squad for two years, and no one's claimed him. Exactly. It's not, not going to happen. So now. there's well, nothing, know wrong, gonna... you know, nothing wrong with putting him back on practice squad because I think he's pretty safe there. Yeah, well, I know who's going to claim Barkman. It's going to be Cincinnati. Barkman. <laughs> they're going to... 
I almost, you know what? I, I wish it was a running gag and you were mispronouncing these on purpose because you just, do it, you just do it in such a funny way and it makes me laugh. But I know it's not on purpose, but I really wish that it was. I like that he's mixing players. <laughs> yes. Seals and Barkman. I know. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. Oh, uh, Unintentional hey, comedy of the highest order. It's, it's, it's the best. Hey, now, I just, this is kind of serious, not serious question, but okay. now that Beavis is out, which is sad, you know, he, you know, he, he showed some beavers. That's what, yeah. that's what I said. No, no. My New England accent. I thought you said, said Be- uh, Beavis, like Beavis and Butthead. You said Beavis, Beavis, <laughs> Beavis. But do you think that uh, ha, veteran hurt, guy is his name? Is, <laughs> wow. Beavis and Butthead impression. That's not bad. Thank you. Is it? You know, the uh, veteran uh, linebacker that got that interception number 59, is it Coletti or? Calitro. Calitro. Uh, What's his name? Calitro. That was oh, last okay. week against the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now I know, you're mixing games and names. <laughs> no, but do you think he he's, has a possibility of filling in Calitro? where he was left off? Uh, do, you think, do you think he will fill in? Who's going to be the guy that's going to take Beaver's place? That's my question. You think it's going to be that veteran? I think it'll you be think McFadden. It's going to be Coughlin. I think it'll you be think McFadden. It's going to be McFadden. McFadden, okay. uh, 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 Crowder, uh, Coughlin. They've got they've got a bunch of guys who could take some of those reps. Charlie, what did you think of the uh, Nigerian offensive tackle? I think he's a Nigerian nightmare. He's a new Nigerian nightmare. He's playing really well. I'm telling you, he's gonna he's gonna be on the field by the end of this year. What's his name again? He's, he's Roy. <laughs> <laughs> you coward. You coward. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate the call, buddy. <laughs> I wanted to give the try to do a vodka. <laughs> He's not doing it on purpose. He, I was choking on my water when he would Yes, when, I can see that. When he couldn't say Kalitra. How do you mess up Sills? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. My goodness. Oh. How do you mess up sales? He's right. It's really that's hard. Really, that's like that's his, that's it's his, really that's, hard. It's like he hasn't screwed up Daniel Jones's name at least yet. Oh my god! And you know it, it. It's three o'clock. Yeah. I mean, is it time for his medication? Well, maybe he's been dipping into something else by three o'clock, <laughs> and that's why he's having trouble with the names. Oh man. <laughs> Charlie, you, you give us a lot of entertainment. You were really funny today. That was actually a good call. That, one, that was a somewhat, by his standards, a, a pretty yes. reasonable good yes. call. Any final thoughts on the game, Paul? We'll say goodbye real quick. No, John. I just think, uh, you know, one more game. Uh, practice against the Jets, remember, on Thursday. And no practice tomorrow. There'll be a regular practice on Wednesday. My guess is that it's probably not going to be super heavy. And I don't then, think so. And then Thursday practice is probably going to be pretty serious. Dual practice with the Jets. And then on Sunday is the game at 1 o'clock against the Jets. And the reason Brian Dable said, by the way, they didn't do two joint practices against the Jets because the Jets have a Monday night game tonight. And they didn't want to turn around in just two days and do a joint practice on yeah. Wednesday. So it probably would have been two if not for the Jets playing on Monday night. So I don't look. I don't know. You got five guys got to cut tomorrow, and then you got to get down. And half all those the way. guys are probably going to be hurt. They're probably yeah. going to be a bunch of waved injured guys. To be I'm sure there will you. be. I'm sure there will be. And then you got to get down to 53 uh, by next Tuesday. Keelan Dawes keeps saving his roster spot as more guys get hurt. It's crazy. Uh, well, resilient. Right? <laughs> yeah, hey. He's resilient. Hey, you're healthy. Still around. Being, being healthy is a skill. Being available. Absolutely. 
For Paul Dottino, I'm John Shaw. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. And again, we're at 3 o'clock the rest of the weeks, folks, uh, and next week as well. No practice tomorrow. Light practice Wednesday. Heavy joint practice Thursday. Friday will probably be, again, a walkthrough with cards. Then the final preseason game on Sunday. And then it's two weeks. We're in a sprint towards the regular season on, what is it, September 11th at the Tennessee Titans. And uh, then we're rocking and rolling, folks. It's going to go fast. Make sure you check it out. And by the way, check out the John Siddle podcast. Uh, Mike Sando is coming up on Wednesday, and we have Paul's rapid reaction to the game last night with uh, Brandon London. I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out in the John Siddle podcast. For Paul and Pearson, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you on Tuesday at 3 o'clock for another Big Blue Kickoff Live. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.